I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Corner cracks one in the air. Deep left field. It's got a chance. Gone. Nico Horner, a long home run to left. And the Cubs lead two to nothing. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Ah, the sweet sound of Pat Hughes. It's Thanksgiving weekend, right? So I figured, why not get our man on the phone here and talk a little bit hot stove baseball. The legendary voice of the Cubs, Pat Hughes, joins us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And before we get to this baseball offseason and a look ahead to next season, I want to know, Pat, what do you enjoy eating on Thanksgiving Day? I think just the the idea of family being together, not only today, and I have a, a small family with a wife and two daughters, but my family when I was a kid. Uh, I was one of five kids, so we had big Thanksgiving dinners, and my mom, no longer with us, but she used to work tirelessly and prepare a, a nice little feast, and she was the kind of a person that was never happy until everyone had enough food on their plate and they had everything they needed, and then, and only then, would she sit down and eat. But it was, uh, it was always a special time, so I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Thanksgiving, to me, reminds me of family. My mom's the same way. Everyone else has to eat before she finally sits down at the table to join us. And I never feel as though she gets the opportunity to enjoy the the hard work in terms of the food that that she spent making. Uh, Although I think, and, and your mom was probably the same way, the enjoyment came from watching everyone else enjoying the food that she made. Sure. And I think my wife, Trish, is the same way, Zach. I think that um, that's just uh, the way a lot of sweet people operate. You know, <laughs> when they've got a family, they take it upon themselves to uh, to show that, that big responsibility to prepare the food and then deliver the food and make sure everyone has enough and uh, do you need extra this or extra that? And uh, it, it again, it's just part of family. It's a very sweet part of family. And and um, you know, it's it's also a time for me, Zach, to reflect. I mentioned my mom's no longer with us. Neither is my dad. My older brother has passed. So it's it's kind of a 
um, a bittersweet time in a sense. I think the holidays in general always make you feel naturally happy with the current family that you have and are enjoying and hope to continue to enjoy for many, many years. But you also feel a, a certain sense of sadness because people do pass away and uh, those that are no longer with you, it seems like you think more about them, or at least I do, during the holidays. Yeah, the holiday season is always a point in time when it comes to that. Pat Hughes is with us, and we're talking a little baseball here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. So we heard the, the Nico Horner highlight coming into the segment, and he's pivotal to this, this new era of Cubs baseball. And I guess the biggest question is, where do you think Nico will be on the field next year? Will he remain the shortstop of the Cubs, or do you think we will see him playing second base next season? That's a good question, Zach. I think um, uh, the final thing you just said there, or will he be playing second base? I think certainly Nico Horner will be in the starting lineup. It's just a matter of where on the field and where in the lineup. But I think if Nico is healthy, he has proven to me that he is a legitimate, everyday, big league ball player, and not just every day, but a very good ball player who could appear in several all-star games before his career is over. Uh, I like everything about him. I like his, um, I like his attitude. I like his defense. I like his range and his throwing, his leadership, his base running. He can steal bases. He can hit. He can hit with power, as we just heard that home run call a couple of minutes ago. Uh, he's he's got uh, a dynamic quality about him, and I, I really I'm high on Nico Horner. So uh, wherever he plays, um, that's up to somebody else. But I think that without a doubt, he is going to be in the lineup somewhere, helping the Cubs to win a game. And that last sentence I just said, that's what you need, Zach. You need almost as many guys as possible on your team that come to the ballpark with one idea and one idea only every single day, and that is to help my team win today's game. Nico, <clears throat> Nico has proven that he is that kind of a player, and again, you can never have enough guys like that. Anyone who listens to Cubs games throughout the year, you will always hear the, the guests that Pat has in the background there. Uh, they do exist. The dogs that he always talks about on, on the radio uh, all throughout the baseball season. Uh, I, I guess they wanted to join us in the offseason as well. And that is a wonderful thing. During the second half. Uh, go ahead, Pat. No, that's okay. <laughs> I was just saying. Just like broadcasters, they're always battling for air times. <laughs> Maybe they're using the Google machine as we speak. So <laughs> during, during the second half of the baseball season, we saw the Cubs play some really good baseball, and uh, we saw a lot of nice things. What impressed you about the second half of the season that you think will translate into this offseason and into next year? The things that... Maybe the Cubs had a lot of questions uh, heading into last season about what they had on their team that you now have a better answer to based on what they did in the field. They did play well at the end of the year, no question. Much better than, than they did at most times during the season. Uh, I never can figure out 
how you can translate the end of one baseball season into the beginning of another, and uh, does it relate to it? Does it have any effect? I'm not sure, but I am sure that David Ross, the manager, did an excellent job with this team. He made sure nobody quit. He made sure the focus was still very steady and very intense, uh, even when you get to September and you're 20 games or 25 games out of first place. He still wants you to give a big league baseball quality every single day. So I would credit David perhaps more than anyone else with the finish that the team had. Now, um, another puzzling part of trying to predict what the finish of last year's act meant to the next year would be who is going to be on the team. What players will the Cubs front office acquire between now and then? You're talking four full months plus between now and opening day. So many things can happen. So many players can change teams. Free agency, the Cubs uh, are probably going to be active in free agency. Which ones are they going to acquire? We do not know yet. So those acquisitions would have a great bearing on being able to answer the question of, of how will the Cubs play going into next year based on this last season. Um, I do know that they need a healthy Kyle Hendricks. That was proven um, and has been proven many, many times how important he is to both the rotation and to the team in general. Uh, When he is going well, he's one of the best and most effective and efficient starting pitchers in all of baseball. So a healthy Kyle Hendricks is essential. Marcus Stroman pitched very well toward the end of the year. It took him into September, however, and he was hurt. He missed a lot of starts, but he did not win a game at Wrigley, I think, until the month of September. So he knows that, um, you know, he's going to have to pitch a little bit better at Wrigley. Uh, I know he's a quality pitcher based on what we saw, and he had some great, great outings down the stretch. So he's an important part of the puzzle. And then are the Cubs going to acquire a free agent starting pitcher? Perhaps the bullpen pitched well. Um, Brandon Hughes, no relation, although I'm going to double-check that, Zach, because <laughs> as, well as, he pitched, as well as he pitched, I'd love to say he's a distant cousin. <laughs> um, but, they, you know, Rowan Wick pitched well. Uh, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, a lot of young guys came along and made great strides this last year. You always hope that they take another big stride next season. And if they do, then you've really got something. And I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, uh, Hayden Wesneski, the guy they acquired from the Yankees, he had some strong outings. He'll get a good long look. Uh, the pitching staff is always, um, you know, the key to your team. You can talk about scoring runs and hitting home runs and, uh, you know, getting blowout wins, and that's great and that's exciting. But it's the teams that pitch the best. Team earned run average, Zach. I talk about it all the time. Why? Because the teams that pitch the best are the teams that play in October. Who had the two best earned run averages in baseball this year? The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Houston Astros. In each league, the Houston Astros became the world champs. No coincidence. It happens almost every year. Having said that, the Cubs do need to strengthen their offense. They need at least one and maybe two bats from the outside of the organization, I think, to strengthen their team to the point where they are going to be a legitimate contender. But these jobs are not up to me. They're they're up to the people in the front office, and um, 
I broadcast, they never tell me how to announce, and I never tell them how to run a team. <laughs> that uses it, 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 it seems to be working out well. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw you on MLB Network uh, the other day, and did Matt Vaskersian take a, uh, a kind-hearted shot at our good friend Ron Coomer? Did he? Because I, I think he kind of snuck it in there, and they, they were playing the footage from the night that, that Crane Kenny surprised you with the announcement that you were <laughs> going to be inducted into the Chicago Cubs Hall of Fame. And <laughs> Vaskersian called Coom a Sopranos character. <laughs> yes, he did. Now, now Matt Vers- Vaskersian and I, and Coomer and Vaskersian, we've all known each other for many, many years. There was one episode that Matt uh, pulled a fast one on us. You might have been in the booth. This was a Sunday night. He was doing the Sunday night game of the week. It was a rain delay in St. Louis. Nothing going on. We start taking phone calls from the audience. We take a call. He says that his name, I think, is Victor from Menominee Falls, uh, Wisconsin, or, or some such outpost. And right. it turns out he's, he's disguising his voice. It's Vaskersian. And he starts teasing Coomer and me, and uh, he's he's just having fun and taking shots at us and talking about my wardrobe. If you can imagine, Zach, <laughs> he said, Hughes hasn't upgraded his wardrobe in 20 years. I took great umbrage at that. It's been only 15. But, um, <laughs> but Matt, is uh, he's a lot of fun. He's got a great wit about him. And and if he did take a shot, I do remember the incident that you're talking about. It was all in fun, and I'm sure if Coomer was listening, he would have taken it that way as well. Matt is so talented, so quick-witted, and doing a full hour of hot stove, or is it a two-hour show every day? I know it's at least one hour, but um, it's all extemporaneous, and it's always uh, fun, and uh, he does a tremendous job. He and Harold Reynolds or Billy Ripken, who was on the other day, and uh, it's a great show. It really is. During the off-season is the time when you have an opportunity to to kind of explore different gigs. For example, I, I saw you and Coombe on Marquee break down Game 7 of the World Series. So they had the, the radio audio uh, with the video, and then they went to, to the <clears throat> two of you for your reflections on the game. That had to have been a lot of fun to relive that. It really was. Um, It's one of those topics, Zach, thinking about Game 7 of the 2016 World Series. I will never get tired of talking about it or thinking about it. And it's a very important part of of the lives of Cub fans and of my career, quite frankly. And I am just happy to have been a part of it in the radio broadcasting uh, uh, aspect of, of delivering the game to Cub fans. And I think Coomer and I are very proud, Zach, to be the only Cubs announcers to work that game. Um, so much fun, so exciting, so dramatic. You know what's really funny? And it makes no sense at all. It's not logical to uh, be looking at a game that is now six years in the rearview mirror and to still feel anxiety as you're watching it to the point where your palms are sweaty and it's just an uncomfortable feeling. For example, when Jason Kipnis was batting in the ninth inning against a rollless Chapman and Chapman hung a couple of breaking balls belt high right over the middle of the dish 
Kipnis had power, he could have won the game uh, with one swing. He's got a, a lot of power, and he just missed by inches of doing that. And it's just hard for me to watch that. But uh, it, I know it goes against all logic. I know quite well how it all turned out, so I should relax. But maybe it's just me and the fact that I'm a, a natural-born worrier. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it was so much fun to be on there. And, and thanks to, uh, to Marquis, Mike McCarthy, and Mike Santini, uh, the two head men over there, they uh, said, yeah, let's go ahead and give that a shot and play the Cubs radio and match it up with the video. And I hope uh, Cub fans enjoyed it because it was, it was so special. With the holiday season upon us, does the Game 7 scorecard take on a, a whole new meaning from, from fans who, who want to give that gift to a, to a parent or a, the huge Cub fan in their life? Well, it's very nice of you to bring it up, Zach. I, I think it does. Um, I think a lot of people to this day are still not really aware of it, but it's my actual scorecard that I kept that night, and I made copies of it. And I cleared out a space in the middle so I can put, for example, to Larry, the Chicago Cubs win the World Series and then sign it Pat Hughes. And people seem to like it. And they, you know, they might want it for their uncle Chuck or their Aunt Betty or their teacher or a friend or an in-law. And I'm happy to personalize all of them. And it makes me happy uh, naturally, it's it's part of my business, so that's that's always good. But it's just a good feeling knowing that on Christmas Day, people are going to open this gift, and there it is, my scorecard signed to them, and I actually get to be part of people's holiday. And I don't say that out of bragging. I say it out of just a very sweet, pr uh, proud feeling that I have, knowing that I'm part of Christmas or or the uh, any holiday, Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or whatever it might be. Um, but it's at BaseballVoices.com, BaseballVoices.com. We've got scorecards and we've got CDs. The, the one for Cubs fans that are uh, the ones that are exciting are the Ron Seto Cubs Legend CD, the Harry Carey, and the Cubs Win the World Series CD, which I put together as the producer, writer, and narrator of the 2016 season. It's all at baseballvoices.com. And if anyone orders two or more, I promise I will call you personally so that I can make sure to get the personalizations just exactly as you like them. He really is that good of a person. Hey, Pat, it's been great catching up. A happy Thanksgiving, a belated one to you and the rest of the family, and look forward to talking very soon. Spring training's just around the corner. Oh, no, Zach, I'm just getting started. What would you like to discuss in our second hour? <laughs> hey, I, 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 will, I will never kick you off the radio. There are, there are much worse conversations that, that people will hear if, if they flip the dial. So if you want to stay for hour number two, feel free. Now, seriously, Pat, thank you so much. <laughs> You're always welcome, buddy. You're one of the great booth partners that I've ever had in my life. You and Coomer and I have so much fun. Uh, it, it's, um, it's amazing. And the time goes fast, and I really appreciate you. You know that, buddy. So have a great holiday yourself, okay? Thank you very much. It means a lot. And, uh, and right back at you. We're a, we're a pretty lucky group, and uh, 
We're thankful that so many of you listen to us all throughout the baseball season. That is Chicago Cubs Hall of Famer Pat Hughes spending some time with us. I'm Zach Zaidman here until 6 o'clock. Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for The Athletic, will join us at around 440. When we come back, your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Should Justin Fields really suit up and play tomorrow against the Jets? That's next on The Score. What's your understanding of what the injury is for you right now? Yeah, so it's just a separated shoulder with, you know, partially torn ligaments, basically like an AC joint. So, yeah, that's my understanding of it. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Here until 6 o'clock, Kevin Fishbane talks Bears with us. He works for The Athletic. He'll join us so in about 10 minutes from right now. Also, Brad Biggs has just texted me. He will join the program at 5 o'clock. Brad's work can be found in the Chicago Tribune, and we're hoping to hear from 85 Bear Tom Thayer also in the 5 o'clock hour. We're here until 6 o'clock tonight. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. That was Justin Fields uh, very candid about what's wrong with him, the shoulder issue that he's dealing with. Bears today elevating Nathan Peterman from the practice squad to the active roster. You're not doing that unless... Uh, there's a chance that he may play, meaning that Trevor Simeon would get the start tomorrow. Rain in the forecast in New York when the Bears play the Jets. Why would a quarterback go up to the podium and be as honest as Justin Fields was about his injury the other day? And I know he's tough. Man, he's tough. And you can never question Justin Fields' toughness. But I didn't need to see him in a Bears uniform to know that. W when you watched him in college playing for Ohio State when they cracked his ribs against Alabama the guy still stayed in the game and and made plays that told you everything you needed to know about the mentality that Justin I mean he's a, a hardcore football player right that has never been the issue the the only issue that you have with Justin Fields is can he take his ability as a passer to the next level to a level where he's able to complement the terrific athleticism that he has and really make you pay for gearing up to stop the run with his arm. So you avoid the kind of hits that he ended up taking late in the game in Atlanta that led to the shoulder issue that I think should keep him out tomorrow. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he probably wants to play in that game against the Jets. Don't let him. What's the point? What's the point? What do you guys think? 312-644-6767. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Steve is in Elmhurst. Hi, Steve. You're on the score. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, that really I look at with Fields, I think it's, it's a good idea for him to sit this week. And, and I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to seeing I know Simeon can't make the dynamic plays that he makes he doesn't have that kind of athleticism but I'm also curious to see do they actually do better in the passing game do the receivers get more targets and do they make more plays because I look at a lot of his games you look at the yards per attempt 
and the yards per completion is awful. All he completes are the short passes unless it's a broken play. Now, he can make a broken play and do a great job. That pass to Montgomery last week, that was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the the one earlier in the year where he runs all around like a water bug and then he throws it to a wide-open receiver, you know, he can do that. But as far as actually delivering the ball accurately downfield on time, he doesn't do it so far. I'm not saying he can't do it, that he can't, it can't come in time, but I haven't seen it. So I'm never going to say he's a franchise quarterback until he shows he can do those things because running quarterbacks, A, don't stay healthy a lot of times, and B, don't win championships. But one more thing, it was great to hear the great Todd Hughes. Yeah, he's... He's the best. There's no one like him, and we're so very lucky in the city of Chicago to be able to spend our summers uh, with Pat because the wit, the voice, the rich description, uh, there's a comforting feeling when you turn on the radio in the summer and you hear Pat and Ron doing their thing. Uh, It's just, it's special, and I'm lucky to have a, uh, I guess, a back row seat to it every, every single night every single day, and it's uh, it's pretty special. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. And, and Steve, to your point, I also think that you have to have a quarterback. As, as, now, saying that, let's be realistic about what Justin Fields has been. Every time he has the ball in his hands, he tucks it and attempts to run. You get the feeling there's a chance the Bears may score a touchdown. How many other quarterbacks in the NFL can you say that about when it comes to their legs? As great as Pat Mahomes is, I don't think we say that about Patrick Mahomes. And he's a, he's a terrific scrambler. Lamar Jackson, you would say that about him. And I think you would say that about Josh Allen. What worries me, though, is that Justin Fields' running style is more Josh Allen, is more Cam Newton than it is Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. He is, or Russell Wilson, when he used to run with the Seahawks. I don't recognize the Russell Wilson version that's that's in, in Denver. But... What, in, what has enabled Russell Wilson to last for as long as he's lasted in the NFL is his ability to avoid the big hits because he's got that, that sixth sense as a runner of when to get down, when to duck out, out of bounds and, and avoid the, the big shots. And I know there are a lot of people that, that are listening right now. And if, you, if you're one of those people that has just deified Justin Fields and you're not trying to look at it objectively, you're going to say, what is he talking about? Justin Fields avoids hits. No one can catch up to him. But they do catch up to you eventually. And he, he gets crunched every game. And don't confuse the fact that he is as tough as anyone that's ever played this game and say that he isn't feeling the effects of those hits. Because he does feel them. And that's the thing. Now, 
we can say, why does Justin Fields have to improve as a passer? Bears are averaging nearly 30 points per game over the last five games. If this is the kind of quarterback he's going to be, and they're putting points on the board, you have a team that's scoring 30 per game. That should be enough to win a lot of football games. It should be enough to win more than the one game the Bears have won during this stretch since they started adding the design runs, kind of borrowed from some of the other playbooks in the National Football League of quarterbacks like uh, Hertz and, and, uh, and Lamar Jackson. And, and yeah, that, that's, you can say that, and I can't argue with you, except to say this. How long is it going to last if he keeps taking hits like he took the other day against Atlanta? And what else is bothering him that we just don't know about because he keeps quiet because he's so tough? You're not going to have a long career. We're not going to get to enjoy this for a long period of time if you don't balance it out and pass more than you run. Make people pay for trying to knock your head off while you're running the ball as they overcompensate to stop the run and you burn them with the pass. That's what I'm saying. And I don't know that we can get there with Justin Fields. I mean, do I think he can get a little bit better? You hope. As a passer, as a passer now. So he can avoid the injuries. But what, we're 11 games into this year, and in all likelihood you're not going to see him on the field tomorrow because of that shoulder injury. You know, last year we saw him get banged up too, and they weren't running nearly as much as they are now. That's a concern. You also see the fourth quarter stats, and I brought this up earlier. I do think the the exertion of physical energy that it takes to be the, the great runner that he is takes its toll in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the stat lines in the fourth are not good for Justin Fields. And, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, these are the numbers in the fourth quarter, and they're not good for Justin Fields this season. He's completed just 57% of his passes in the fourth. And that's generally, you think about all the close games the Bears have lost. In the fourth quarter, that's when you want to rise. Well, if you're completing just 57% of your passes in the last quarter, only three touchdown passes compared to four picks, a passer rating of 60, which is terrible, and just one rushing touchdown during that time, that tells me you want to balance things out a little bit more. So I wouldn't play him tomorrow. Let him rest. Let the thing heal up as much as possible. you got a game next week, then you have a bye, and then finish out the season with Justin Fields and hopefully pass it just a little bit more. Break, when we come back, what is the latest? Will Justin Fields be on the field? Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic will tell us next on The Score. It's, uh, you know, Justin's uh, status is the same. You know, it's uh, limited. Uh, he was limited today in practice. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, he's feeling better uh, every single day. And we got 48 hours to assess that uh, to where uh, we're going to go with that. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Bears head coach 
Matt Eberflus giving us the latest on Justin Fields. Officially, the Bears starting quarterback is listed as questionable heading into the Bears game in New York tomorrow against the Jets. But today, the Bears elevating Nathan Peterman. Yeah, that guy from the practice squad to the active roster. I'm guessing they're not just doing that for fun. So let's find out exactly what that means. And with Illinois leading Northwestern 27 to nothing now in uh, the third quarter, it's a good opportunity to distract Kevin Fishbane, who follows Northwestern with a, a passion second to none. But his his job is to cover the Bears for the athletic and Kevin now joins us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So I'm not going to bring up the college game. I gave the score. That's all you need to know. And, and I, I bring it up for Illini fans because there's a chance here if Indiana is able to knock off Purdue that Illinois would play Michigan for the Big Ten title. That's the only reason I bring it up. It, you don't have to say anything about that. I, we can talk Bears. Thanks, Zach. All to say is Northwestern undefeated in Europe this year. <laughs> yes, that is true. And and that's why they are one and ten on the season, one and seven in conference play. And uh, it looks like the Illini have just scored another touchdown. We're just gonna not mention that anymore. And uh, for the Illini fans listening, Purdue a seventeen to seven lead over Indiana in the third quarter. Before we get to the Bears, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. You sent me a picture of your hotel room and don't think it's it's anything that's out of bounds. But it, did I did I read your text message right that there is a fire exit door in your actual room in your hotel? Uh, yes, Zach, and let's hope that it is a temporary room because while I appreciate the ability for me to, you know, exit, if God forbid there's a fire right outside the door of my room, I don't love that it seems like other people could just waltz right on in if they wanted to. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to work on that, but uh, first things first, talking bears with my good friend, Zach Davidson. And I appreciate you doing that. Okay, Justin Fields. What would you do if you're the Bears tomorrow? I mean, look, he told us on Wednesday that it hurt every time he threw. And, you know, I, I, I like the idea of not thinking about anything other than uh, if he's healthy, he's good to go. But let's be honest here. I mean, this is somebody that uh, has been a lot of this offense all season, and this is somebody that, um, for now, seems pretty important to the future of this franchise, and uh, they're three and eight. And I'm not, I'm not sure uh, it's, it's worth it if he's not 100 percent to throw him in a road game with this offensive line against the Jets team that, as you know, has been one of the best again after the quarterback. So, you know, look, Justin Fields is the type of guy that's going to want to play if he can. Uh, but he, he told us, you know, he, he also wouldn't want to. Uh, get hurt and, and risk miss, missing multiple games. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned the Nathan Peterman call-up. And, uh, <laughs> Zach, this Bears team's not deep enough to use up a game-day roster spot on a third quarterback. So, um, I, I have to imagine uh, that that would that is paving the way for Trevor Simeon's first start as a Bear. 
visiting with Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. He covers the Bears in New York right now, getting set for Bears-Jets tomorrow afternoon. And uh, Kevin, I think when Justin Fields was as candid as he was at the podium talking about the uh, every little detail about the shoulder earlier in the week, I think what it told me, and I, I'm not one of these guys, I don't like uh, grading the press conference, if you will, which is a very popular Chicago pastime for whatever reason, but I think the reason he went out of his way to let people know what's wrong with him is because he knew he wasn't going to play this week. So don't think I'm not tough. Don't think I don't want to play. But here's the reality of why I won't be out on the field, even though every instinct in me as a football player wants to be out there against the Jets. Is that the reason, do you think, that he was as candid as any player in memory has been talking about an injury during the season at Hallis Hall? Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a great way to put it, Zach. I mean, it was you know it it, it was kind of refreshing from a, a, a reporter standpoint because we're so used to uh, the subterfuge, uh, if you will, that we get from coaches and coordinators, and you know never wanting to talk injuries and competitive advantage, and then in walks Justin Fields and he tells us exactly what's going on. And, and it's not the first time he's done that. He did that last year. He does that after games. If, if, if there's an injury after a game, he'll kind of let us know. So. Yeah, I think he's just, that's just kind of his personality. But yeah, I think he wants to make sure people understand what he's going through um, and, and what he's dealing with if he gets to a situation where he's unable to play. Now the, the tough part. Anyone who follows you on Twitter at KFishbane or reads your work in The Athletic knows that you love coming up with tidbits, fun facts, things that are a little bit out of the ordinary when it comes to Bears football. If Justin Fields doesn't play tomorrow, what are the reasons, fans, other than you're a diehard Bears fan, what are the reasons that you want to tune in for Bears, Jets, Trevor Simeon, Mike White? Well, for one thing, it's not a good noon slate of games. Not a whole lot of other options of what you want to watch. <laughs> um, you know, and the bummer too, Zach, is if so much of this year is about next year, right? Mm -hmm. So much of what they're doing right now is just the focus on 2023. They're not going to be with two of the very key pieces for next year and beyond, and Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, the two rookies who are both out with concussion. So you lose that element of it um, as well. Uh, and if you're talking about, okay, well, let's see how they continue to work Chase Claypool into the offense. Well, if you're, well, they'll be working Chase Claypool in offense presumably with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. So you're, you're, now you're talking about a backup quarterback. So if it's not a big day for Claypool, you can say, well, it was a backup quarterback against a pretty good defense. So I guess I'm not giving you a great answer here because it's, it's hard to find those. But, you know, I, I think, again, so much about this season is for next season. So if you're watching the game, you know, you want to continue to learn more about Luke Getzey and how does he adjust his offense for Trevor Simeon. Um, you know, look, Trevor Simeon is not certainly not the runner Justin Fields is, but you know he's a he's a quality passer and uh, great education, of course, as we know, as he went to Northwestern, and and maybe this is somebody that uh, can open up some things in the passing game that we haven't seen. Maybe you know, not to say there's things he can do that Justin Fields can't, but maybe there's some opportunities there. So I think you, you watch the game, you're watching Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, um, Chase Claypool. Um, Kevin Jenkins, who should be back. You're watching him, Braxton Jones. You're, you're watching these guys who are going to be part of this team. You're trying to learn more about Eberflus and Luke Getze, um to try to better understand 
what the direction is and, and who, you know, to me, Zach, so much about this season is who's going to be here next year. Uh, I had a question asking me in a mailbag this week, how many new starters will the Bears have in 2023? And if you go through that defense, there's not many guys you could sit there and say, oh, 100% he's going to be starting for the Bears next year. Maybe four. Okay, offensive line, how many guys can you say that about? So a lot of these guys, this is they are auditioning for Ryan Poles for next year. So this is still an incredibly important opportunity for all of them. And if you're a diehard Bears fan, I think you're watching those guys and, and you're trying to do that evaluation yourself because you're trying to figure out, okay, if 2023 is going to be a year for the Bears to try to be a contender for the playoffs because of the cap space, because of the draft capital, um, all that, that stuff, because, again, you, you don't have time in the NFL to create like a four-year rebuild, you want to try to figure out who's going to be part of that thing. Our final few moments talking Bears football with Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic. I'll, I'll run something by you. I believe, and I've always believed this, and I'm never going to change this belief, as exciting as it is watching Justin Fields with his legs, and I feel, and I said this earlier, anytime he tucks the ball and runs, there's the belief that he can take it to the house, no matter where he is on the field. That's special. You can't say that about many quarterbacks. Maybe you can say it about Josh Allen. Uh, maybe you can say it about Lamar Jackson. You can't even say it about Daniel Jones because he'll trip over himself and, and fall down even when uh, when it breaks wide open for him. But, but in all seriousness, that's a special gift that Justin Fields has. But you got to make people pay for that ability with the passing game, and that hasn't been done. And I'm curious because all I keep hearing is that the Bears don't have any weapons, yet they have a, an offensive line that has helped produce a, a, a running team that is number one in the NFL, and there isn't a close second. You know, Bears are averaging close to 200 yards per game. The next closest team, Baltimore, is at 160. And you have a team that has Darnell Mooney making highlight catches seemingly every week. The more they use Cole Komet, the more we see highlight grabs by him. Chase Claypool is no slouch. I believe you can do much more with the passing game. And I'm interested in seeing if Trevor Simeon, who has experience running offenses in the NFL, can he generate a little bit of a passing game against one of the top defenses in the NFL? Yeah, you know, it's certainly possible. And it wouldn't be the, the, the first time uh, with this, a Bears team that we see a backup quarterback come in and do some things that maybe the starting quarterback, you know, wasn't doing or wasn't unlocking. And, and certainly, you know, like you go back to, uh, you know, when Chase Daniel filled in for Mitch Trubisky in, in 2018, and you can go back to when Nick Foles came in late last season. You know, there, there's always an element of surprise, an element that the, the backup's going to do a couple different things. As we mentioned, the, the, the playbook's going to be different. They're going to downplay it, right? They, they downplay it all week. It's, you know, there, there's not much different. Obviously, Trevor Simeon and Justin Fields are different quarterbacks. So, yeah, you know, maybe some passing game concepts that we've been kind of waiting to see from Luke Getze, maybe they're a little bit more apparent. Um, you know, here, here's one thing I'd like to see, Zach. Um, can the, this passing game work the middle of the field better? Right? You know, there, there was a the, the great play to Cole Komet last week where he made the circus catch. Um, but a, a lot of this passing game has been, you know, shots down the sideline, some wide receiver screens. Uh, you, you get your slants here and there, but but I, I you know, obviously Simeon's not going to be able to have the deep ball 
passing game, the field test, but maybe he can kind of unlock that, right? Get the middle of the field going, whether it's with Cole, Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney, or, or can somebody get Byron Pringle going? Is he going to be, again, another guy? Is he is he's auditioning to be a part of this receiving core for the future? Um, you know, gain the ball to the, your running back. Uh, whether it's Khalil Herbert, Justin Emery, so yeah, I, I think there, there's, I think you could have some legitimate curiosity about what the a passing game will look like because you know, as many, I, I do think Fields has improved his passing, and the accuracy has been better during this kind of offensive spurt we've seen, um, but it's still not consistent enough, and it's not kind of uh, dynamic enough. Um, you know, if a team is able to really bottle up the run. Now, granted, no team has really been able to do that yet, but yeah, maybe that's something that we see. And hey, if Trevor Simeon's able to hit a couple passes like that, then next week when Fields comes back in or when he returns, you know, Getsy is able to kind of show him the tape and say, hey, this is something that it's worked. Here you can see it. Now this is something we can maybe incorporate to complement your running game. Good stuff, Kevin. Appreciate the time. Best of luck resolving the hotel room issue. And we'll be following on Twitter to see if indeed he did end up with a new room. Keep us up to date, okay? Much appreciated, Zach. Take care. <laughs> Kevin Fishfade covers the Bears for The Athletic. You can also hear him throughout the week on The Score. Always makes us a little bit smarter to talk some football with Kevin Fishbane. Coming up, the Dean. No one does it better than Brad Biggs, and we are fortunate to be able to have some time to talk Bears football with Brad next. Zach Zaidman with you until 6 o'clock on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 